0: So, no, because I'll preach the full message next week. I'm going to give you the basics of what I'm going to set up for next week. Um, I've been thinking about trust lately, what it means to trust, and how the church has twisted the idea of trust to meaning you have to be quiet. That if you have any questions or you need any clarification, that you don't actually fully trust or believe or have faith. I found in the word of God that although there are moments in the Bible where God rewards those who believe even when they don't see, he also visits those who have to see in order to believe. Do you hear me this morning? So although one is, seems to be glorified, we forget that in the case of Thomas, who I don't like to call doubting Thomas, because I don't think that's fair, I think what what they presented to Thomas that the guy that you saw dead, <laughs> let me think about it. If if every one of us in this room would have been doubting Thomas, if our buddies were like, You remember Joey? He was in the car accident on Friday, and we buried him, and we the he's you know, he's six feet under the ground. Yeah, he came and visited us. And uh, I'm like, yeah. And then I call my sister on the phone and I say, Can we get one of those 13-panel drug tests? I got, a buddy of mine who's, uh, I got a buddy of mine who's saying that Joey's alive and we buried him, right? Like, I hate calling him Doubting Thomas. It's just Thomas to me. And Thomas, in this case, was like, hey, okay, guys, that sounds good. I, 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 I trust what you're saying because I've been with you, but also I'm having problems kind of accepting what you're saying. It, it's hard for me to believe that he's alive. Jesus doesn't say, I told him I was coming back. Jesus doesn't tell Thomas like, or the disciples like, hey, listen, I'm gonna come visit you guys when you're over in the house, you know? I'm gonna come visit, we're gonna hang out, we're gonna talk about, you know, whoa, it's crazy, I'm alive and all that, right? But uh, make sure Thomas isn't there because that guy's not a part of our group anymore. He didn't have the faith to believe I was alive. No, one of the first things Jesus does is he comes to Thomas. He comes to the one who wasn't quite able to believe. He might've had trust, but he had to see it in order to believe it. He had some questions. Jesus actually validates the idea of having questions, of having, needing some clarification. Maybe needing some, hey, every time you ask a question, you're gonna get an answer? No. Every time you need clarification from heaven on something, you're gonna get clarification? No, not absolutely. But it doesn't offend God or make you less of a believer if you have some questions and you need some clarification. I, I was with a lady last night, not by myself, everyone relax, okay? A lady and her husband, and um, she was talking about losing a child. She buried a child. And she said, I had some questions. I know that's right. She said, I was like, God, how could you do this to me? How could you take my baby, it wasn't a baby, but my child away from me? How could you do this? Do you think God was up there like, how dare you question me? Or even worse, when we as believers will tell a mom like that, that the child that was taken from them was the will of God. So not only can you you not question, but now you've got to celebrate that losing your child has now placed you in the perfect will of God. Do you see how backwards that is? I do not think, not. I, I, I know for a fact that is not how God operates or works. He comes to Thomas and he says, Thomas, I hear you've got some, que-. he didn't say this, but this is, this is essentially what's going on. I hear you've got some questions. Here I am. Thomas is like, well, you look like him, but uh, you got any more evidence? I need some clarity on this. He's like, well, here. Touch the wounds in my hand. Look at the scar in my side. Come on, put your, put your hands where there. I love the fact that instead of pulling back in offense, instead of pulling back from him and going like, why would you dare, da- I mean, I'm here. You know what I look like. You know what I sound like. You've hung out around me. You don't know my voice. What's going on? Instead of throwing all these platitudes at Thomas, he goes, okay, you still don't get it? I'm gonna move in. I'm going to get closer to you. I'm going to let you go ahead and touch the scars where I was at. This is the antithesis of what modern faith teaches. Modern faith teaches that you've got to have the perfect faith and the perfect trust and the perfect walk or God will be scared off like a pigeon. Whereas, oftentimes, when you have the most doubt, when you have the most problem believing, when you have the, the, the most kind of uh, questions or need the most clarity, are the moments where God will reveal himself to say, Child, I want you on board. I want you to be a part of this. I don't want you to be left behind. So I'm going to do whatever it takes as your loving father to show you, to let you touch, to move in close to you face to face in intimacy and show you, hey, it really is me. Now come on with the other disciples. I, 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 I have more to say of some scriptures I want to set up, but I will tell you this. I also find it funny that we forget that right after he, he deals with Thomas, the next scripture is when, or within the next couple of scriptures, is when he, he um, basically teleports through a wall into a house where the disciples were scared for their lives. So the disciples who were down on Thomas for not believing are also scared for their lives hiding in a house. doesn't sound like they had much faith in the power of God or the resurrected Christ. They're scared in a house. Jesus comes through the the wall and is like, hey, (laughs) like what's going on here? I want to say this to you because I I have to finish. I want you to leave here today. We're going to set up for next week because I have a lot to say about this. I want you to leave here today giving yourself permission to, there are going to be, there are going to be things in your life, and my life, where we, won't, we will be able to believe without seeing. I've done it, you've done it. Where somebody says, it's raining outside. And I go, I believe you, I don't need to see it. I'll go get my umbrella and get ready for it. Where there's even going to be things God says that seem far out that for some reason in that moment, you've got what it takes to believe it. You can place your trust in it, no problem without seeing it. And then there are gonna be moments in your life where you're just like, "I, given what's going on and where I'm at and what's happening, I have a tough time believing that this promise is gonna be fulfilled in my life. That is the moment where religion will tell you, you have made a real error, that you have somehow offended God that you've lost your faith and lost your way. I will propose to you this, and I want you to think about this in the next week when we prepare for next week. I'm telling you right now, there is room for both, and I have multiple examples in the Word of God where God comes to and honors those that are able to believe without seeing, but he also comes near to those who have a tough time in a moment on a specific instance or topic believing without seeing. And both of them he's willing to come to and every person you will ever meet finds themselves on both sides of that fence at some point in their life. And there is a grace God knows there is a grace for you to find yourself in a place where I'm I'm willing to trust you, God. But is it okay if I ask some questions, get some clarity So next week, my message will be on trust without silence. You can trust and not necessarily have to be silent in order to have God believe that you believe him. Amen? Amen. Does that sound good? Why don't you do this every week? That was so quick. Okay, we'll get there, okay? All right, I love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bless you. We'll see you at either service. Oh, we're gonna pray over the outreach team. Everybody stand up. Stretch your hands out this way. I'm sorry, you know me. I've got 19 million things going on. Don't you be mad at me, all right? (laughs) I'll rebuke you publicly. Last week, I told them how great you were, and this week, I'm going to rebuke you, all right? All right, let's stretch your hands out this way. Father, we thank you for the team that's going out. God, every person, those that are back here, those who are in the back over there, that are going on outreach, let them be an emissary of your love. God, let them carry the banner of grace and mercy and hope to, Lord, maybe a community that needs it more than ever. And so, God, we speak hope and life And God, let them have opportunities for conversations. Let people see the light uh, in their eyes before they even open their mouths. We thank you, God, for their gift and their sacrifice and for them going in Jesus' name. Bless them and anoint them in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. amen. We'll see you guys. Bless you. We expect a good report next week. See you then.